Welcome to the Afterwork Drinks Club. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyake, and I am back with a special summer edition, Summer Nights. Every week, I'll be sharing insights and advice on things that I've learned during my career and running my business to help you along your journey too. Alongside this, I'll be giving my take on the latest news. So you know the drill. If you want to level up, go make your order at the bar, pull up a seat at the table and join in because as always, you belong here. Welcome to the Afterwork Drinks Club. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyauke, and I am back with a special edition of Summer Nights, another episode, and let's get cracking. What am I drinking? I am drinking water. I know it's not the usual for me. I can't have my beloved gin or champagne today, even though it is boiling hot in the UK. In the UK, we have this crazy heat wave and you know our spirits, we always complain about the weather. And then um, as soon as we get some sun, we're complaining about that as well. So yeah, we have this crazy heat wave here and uh, it's super, super, super hot, but I'm actually on antibiotics, so I can't drink. You cannot make this up. And I've got well, I've had a few dinners this weekend and I can't drink. So cheers to H2O. It's good for the soul. So cheers. That's why I'm drinking water. Right. So let's get into it now. So a few updates from me. As I mentioned, we've got a heat wave. So I've also, I'm also drinking water, but I'm also having some fruit because it's just really hot right now. I'm just about to, so basically I'm recording this podcast. I'm about to go out to celebrate my best friend, Eleanor, her 35th birthday. We've got a dinner this evening. We're going to Isabel in Mayfair. It's an amazing restaurant. So do go. I'll let you know next week how it was. So I'm just trying to have something light and refreshing. So I've got some strawberries and blueberries. So I might be taking a little (laughs) quick short breaks here and there to just hydrate myself. It is super, super hot. And you may hear a fan in the background because where I record, I record in my spare room and to keep the sound quite good, I have to close the window. So just FYI. But anyway, good news. I'm now testing negative. So COVID is out of my system. It's been really bad that I've been working throughout having COVID. Um, This is one of the things when you have your own business and you're an entrepreneur, it's really hard to take time off when you're in growth mode. I know it's not great, but we are where we are. So I've had to work pretty much most of COVID um, and it's been pretty bad. I've had really bad insomnia and I haven't slept pretty much all week. So I am absolutely shattered. I feel and I look haggard. I just, yeah, that's been the worst symptom ever. I also had a little bit of a mini like health scare this week, which is why I'm on antibiotics, but I'm all good. I'm all on the mend. Uh, so my just body has just shut down a bit. So it's been pretty tough. Um, yesterday, I went to have dinner. So me and my friend, Laurie, we pre-booked this dinner weeks ago. And we went to, it's a Chinese restaurant called Tattoo. T-A-T-T-U in London. They have a branch in Birmingham, but they've recently opened up a London branch. It's in just basically outside Tottenham Court Road Station in London. It was amazing. We had a really late dinner. 
which I'm not necessarily a fan of really late dinners. That's not really my thing. I think for me, I like to eat around seven, eight. But we had a booking for like 9.15. By the time we sat down and ate, it was like half 10. And so that wasn't necessarily great, but the food was absolutely gorgeous. Really great food and brilliant service. The manager was absolutely amazing. I would definitely recommend it, but it was super expensive. I don't think I've spent that much money. We, we I think, had... Because I couldn't drink alcohol, obviously. I think I had, like, a sort of, like, a spritzer. And then I had... I ordered two starters. Lorraine ordered one starter. And then we had, like, three mains. Bearing in mind, we had black cod, which is quite pricey. And then rice. And it was... I can't, I'm not going to tell you the price because that's my personal business. But it was astronomical. So it's really expensive. So I'd say tattoo... Um, is something maybe where if you're going to go for like a celebration or something or if you've got the money like that hey go and live your best life but just be prepared we didn't even have dessert and I was like whoa um what else has been going on with me because I've been obviously like insomnia covid fields work fest health down fest I've not really had time to sort of watch stuff on Netflix or nothing new really so I've got nothing really exciting to share I do just want to just give a shout out to what we're working on at Girls Talk London just in case any of my listeners want to get involved so every year for the past four years we have run the world's largest event for black women in technology so this year we are running it again it's called the Black Girls Tech Summit some people think that when you have events that's that is around attracting black people, that it's racist and we're trying to exclude. And I just want to clear something up. In UK law, we had this law. And in the EU, I think they have something quite similar. It's called the Equality Act 2010 in the UK. And there's a section of the act called Positive Action. And that's really around initiatives that are curated and driven as positive action to target um, discrimination or inequality. So that's what the Black Girls Tech Summit is. We have an event where we bring black women in tech, not because we don't want white women and we don't like like white women. It's a positive action event to address the underrepresentation of black women in tech. Black women in tech make up just 0.7% of all jobs in technology in the UK. In the US, it is 1.5%. Just to give you some context, a lot of companies in technology in the UK are in London. Uh, ethnic minorities in London make up about 48% of the population. So you're telling me that it's just and fair that black women make up 0.7% of all jobs in technology in the UK? Absolutely not. So that's why Black Girls Tech Summit exists, because we are trying to say and raise awareness and support black women in successfully breaking down the barriers to access jobs in technology. And we're also helping companies in the tech sector who may be saying, look, we're struggling to reach marginalised communities. Hey, but there's no excuse for low representation. Here's 3,000 black women. Off you go into Alice in Wonderland and have a great old time, right? So that's what the Black Girls Tech Summit is. We bring black women who want to work in tech and black female university students and just connect them to leading tech recruiters. So in the past, we've had companies like Facebook or who they're called MetaNow, Snapchat, LinkedIn are sponsored, PwC, uh, Goldman Sachs, 
pretty much a lot of major tech companies. This year, last year's headline sponsor was HSBC UK. This year, we're still uh, onboarding sponsors, but we've got sponsors confirmed. Snapchat are back. Goldman Sachs are back. Zalando, um, which is a e-commerce, one of the um, Europe's largest e-commerce fashion sites, um, is supporting us. Uh, and my memory is bad. BT is back. And I'm sure I might have missed some, but somebody else. And we've got more to announce. So Black Girls Tech Summit, it was a an event in London. We moved it virtually. This year, we are going to connect um, to have 3,000 women who are going to come to our London event and virtual events. It's a virtual event. We have Black women in 37 plus countries who join us to get connected. And this year, we're having, as I mentioned, an event in London and virtually, but we're also coming to Germany, Berlin. So that's right. Black Girls Tech Summit is global. We're coming to Berlin on the 26th of October, and we are partnering with an amazing company who I just absolutely adore. I love the team. I love the ethos. I love the people. Zalando. So check out Zalando. They are partnering with us in Berlin. We're also partnering with an amazing organisation called Adan who connect black professionals in Germany to jobs in not just in tech but in other professions. They're amazing and it's really one of our values at Girls Talk London, the business that I own, is collaboration. It's at the heart of what we do. So partnering with the amazing peeps at Adan and Zalando, it's just, as you can hear in my voice, I'm just super excited because I just love working with people. I love people. I love collaboration and just the power of collaboration. So if you are in Germany, if you go on blackgirlstechsummit.com, you can get tickets. You can get tickets for the Berlin and London event and find out all the information. If you work for a corporate, send your DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion or talent acquisition teams, your HR directors, send them the blackgirlstechsummit.com website and tell them why aren't we sponsoring, get involved. We are also looking for ambassadors, which is what I want to um, address um, right now. So at the Black Girls Tech Summit, as I mentioned, we are big on collaboration. Apologies, I'm trying to eat my strawberries because I need to stay hydrated. Oh, it's really nice. Okay. So, we are looking for global ambassadors because we have a small team but a mighty big vision. And we need help of ambassadors. So this could be black women in tech. This could also be allies. We need ambassadors to help us spread the message about Black Girls Tech Summit, about what we're trying to do in Berlin, Germany, what we're trying to do in the world and what we're trying to do in London and the US. So we've had some amazing women registered with us so far. This is a caller. If you are passionate about equality in tech, we need more global ambassadors to really help us spread the message to to just help us galvanize more black women. We want to get more black women jobs in tech. And I feel like this is something that I just really want to push, push, push this year. So if you are passionate about our cause, you can register as your interest on the, if you go on to blackgirlstechsummit.com or you can go on the Girls Talk London Instagram page at Girls Talk London, you can find a link to register your interest. Um, if you go on the blackgirlstechsummit.com website, and when if you go on to book now, on our booking page, the virtual and London events registrations are on hopping.com, you can then, uh, there's a there's a button <clears throat> as you scroll down to register your interest. So please uh, come on board, join the band. 
as always, I'm so grateful for the support that has been shown for my podcast and the support and just love for summer nights. And I want to, and as I mentioned before, when you leave a review on Apple, it helps more people find us. So if you are enjoying this podcast, if you get something from this podcast, it literally takes like two seconds. You can just go on the episode description, give us a five-star review and just write, how has the podcast, you know, impacted you? What what do you think? It just really does help. So please keep on keeping, keeping on supporting. So I want to just give a shout out to D843. I don't know who that is. Uh, who says, excellent podcast with brilliant guests. I've been catch up. Every episode in the last season is fantastic. The host really does her research, taking us on a journey of the guest career. Well, shout out to, to the producer, Ryan, as well. I won't take all the credit. Anyway, let me get back. This podcast will challenge your mindset, so you have no choice but to level up. I also really enjoy the post-show debrief. So make sure you listen to the end. Exactly. This is a nice reflective way to analyse the conversation with the guests and get the host and producer's view on any lessons learned. Summer Nights is back with a bang, including, I honestly don't know who this person is. Don't think I've asked. I've paid this person. This is actually like a genuine review. Summer Nights is back with a bang, including a great Q&A session. I would love an episode on how to recognise when you're in a glass cliff scenario. When you start a new leadership role, it lacks structure and strategy, but your predecessor was highly praised. So thank you so much, D843, for that review. I promise I did not pay them. I don't know them. So this is genuine love. That question I will answer on next week's episode because I've actually been there. So I've got some some insight that I want to give. So thanks for the love. It means a lot to me. I don't take it lightly. Okay, so what's have, what have been some of the latest news this week that I want to talk about? Okay, so TechCrunch this week revealed that nearly 40% of genera- Generation Z users prefer to use TikTok and even Instagram for internet search instead of Google search and maps. Now, I wanted to talk about this because it kind of leads to an announcement that I'm going to make, but I'm not surprised I work a lot with Generation Z, so it's those who are kind of like at university now and they're entering the workplace and they are heavily involved in TikTok. Not just, people think actually that TikTok is all about making silly dances and comedic videos, but as this article and research, this research actually came from Google themselves, so it's a bit shameful there. Um... Generation Z are actually using TikTok to search for jobs, opportunities and information. So I think this just is a lesson for brands that if you are a brand and you're serious about trying to engage with Generation Z talent, you need to make sure that you have a presence on TikTok and also Instagram. I do believe Instagram is on its way out and I'm going to explain in a bit, but I think TikTok is something that we need to pay attention to. And I'm doing that. So as my business and my personal brand, I'm going to be using TikTok more. So that was just quite interesting. And I thought it's something that we should really think about. So this brings me to just what I want to say about Instagram. So from the end of September, I'm going to be moving my personal profile. So so the at Vanessa Sanyao, okay, anything that I do under that on Instagram. I'm going to be coming off Instagram end of September and I'm going to be moving to Snapchat 
and I'm going to be focusing on TikTok. So the TikTok account that I use is under girls is under at Girls Talk London, and I'm going to be not using Instagram. Basically, I'll still keep my Instagram profile as I've got fourteen thousand followers. Um, just in case you never know, but I'm just moving off Instagram because for me, Instagram is dead. It is just becoming a waste of time. And I think for a number of reasons, I think it's becoming dead due to greed. So what Instagram is doing, you've heard it in the news, Meta, they have, I think, recently just announced that I think for the first time in a long while, profits are down and the CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, has been saying to his colleagues, look, we need to make more money and revenue. And what they're doing now is they are really adjusting the algorithm so you don't see people who you're following, you don't see their posts. It's all focused on paid advertising. And for me, as a user, it's just been really annoying because I think, yes, you're trying to run a business, we get it. But at the end of the day, without the people, Instagram does not have a business model. But what is really alarming is that they are controlling how their users experience the platform. Every, you know, there's so much um, discontentment with Instagram. With Instagram, what they've done now, and to many people who have large followings, 0.2% of my followers see my stories and posts. If I want more of my following to see my stories and posts, I have to pay. And quite frankly, if I wanted to talk to myself, I would go and look in the freaking mirror. I wouldn't waste my time going on Instagram story, uh, putting effort into making content for 0.2% of 14,000 people to see. So for me, I feel that Snapchat is fair. Snapchat has the best engagement. It's very simple. If you're following someone, you will see their story. End of story. That's it. So I want to grow an authentic and engaged audience, whether that's five people or 20, I'd rather that than this nonsense that Instagram is doing. I feel that there is there could be a more strategic and sensible way for them to make money, but to make it just really where you're looking at your feed and there's no one that you're interested in as a content creator, you know, it's just really annoying. So it just made me realise that Instagram is kind of on its way out. It's all over the place. It's, it copies everything other apps do. So it never had stories until Snapchat came. And what did they do? Try and copy Snapchat. TikTok came with the videos. And now what are Instagram trying to sell us? Reels. I mean, what's next? Instagram was great. It was a photo sharing platform. Why can't you just do what is your zhuzh? But no, Instagram loves to just take and steal. So for me, I'm not interested. And I feel that also TikTok, the reason why I'm trying to focus on TikTok is again, I feel like it's more authentic. If you pay attention in the news recently, Beyonce has moved her whole music catalog to TikTok, which is huge. And she set up a profile. And I think right now she has about 3 million followers. So it's a sign of the time. People are now understanding that Instagram and Facebook is dead. So I'm trying to move on early. So Girls Talk London will still be on, on Instagram. We still have to post now and again, but you will find me on Snapchat. So you can add me, Vanessa Sanyalke, on Snapchat. And I'll be doing basically what I was doing on Instagram stories and posts on Snapchat. TikTok, I'll be kind of mixing my personal stuff and Girls Talk London as we grow. And that's what I'm going to be doing more strategically. And I'm also going to be focusing on my email lists so that I own the data <clears throat> as well. So you can subscribe to my mailing list on 
you know, vanessastanyalke.com or girls.london.com. And that's what I'm going to be pushing out now. I just feel that enough is enough. And I think we should pay attention to making sure that we own our information and our audience and just not being at the mercy of big corporations because that's just nonsense. Right, I also want to talk about an incident, an unfortunate incident that happened with an event that my cousin Danai and DJ Neptizzle were hosting at Proud Lake London, which is a nightclub venue in Embankment. So I wasn't there, but basically DJ Neptizzle, he's an amazing Afrobeat DJ. He's been 15 years deep in the game. My cousin Danai is an amazing um, executive and entrepreneur in the music industry she's been really responsible for the rise of afro beats and she hosts a lot of events in london she hosts she hosts afro paradise which is a um event celebrating african music and culture and it's just amazing and so much vibe so denai is an accomplished professional in the music entertainment nightlife and afro beats afro beats scene and so is dj neptizzle and they were hosting the 15-year anniversary of DJ Neptizzle, just celebrating his success um, in, I guess, UK music culture as a DJ. So they were hosting an event on Friday at Proud Lake London, and they experienced severe racism, which is not uncommon in a lot of London nightclub venues. Lond a lot of London like nightclub venues, they love to profit off of black culture, but hate black people. So they experienced a lot of racism by the manager. So what happened? <clears throat> they, the venue had a capacity of about 750 people. On the, the guest list was around 550 people. People had bought tickets and paid, came from far and wide to celebrate this event celebrate DJ Neptizzle. Unfortunately, what they were met with was queuing for two hours. The venue and the manager, I won't name the name, but um, the venue and the manager were not letting black people in. They would look at people and say, we don't like the look of you, we're not letting you in. They were making up lies, saying that they're at capacity when they weren't. Um, they then started to say that they weren't going to let any men in only women, which is ridiculous. There was a DJ, DJ Rachel Lanson, who was uh, booked for a set. I think it was around midnight. They kept her waiting. So she was actually uh, part of the staff, you know, as in, as in the, the, the DJ lineup, and they wouldn't let her in. They kept her waiting, I think, for over an hour where she, during her set, she missed her set. They looked at her, didn't believe that she was a DJ or just, you know, obviously a black woman coming in and they wouldn't let her in and they experienced extreme racism. First of all, I want to say shame on you, proud late London, for this blatant um, display of racism that a lot of black promoters in London have faced for decades and a lot of black party goers face as well. I have experienced this, but I have been left outside of nightclubs queuing because I've blatantly because I don't match the fit, i.e. I'm a black woman. We've seen this with the story that came out. There were a bunch of black girls who, dark-skinned women, who were banned from entering District Nightclub in London um, because they didn't like the look of them. They wanted um, lighter skin and white, and white women. I've also experienced um, racism at a club. There was a club back in London called Aura, a drama nightclub as well. Pretty much a lot of these venues 
are very racist. They try to <clears throat> stereotype black people as violent, as thugs, and trying to associate us with disruption. Yet in the in the nightclubs, you're playing music of that are that is produced and sung by black culture. But anyway, it doesn't make sense, does it? So really, discriminating on the basis of race is illegal under the Equality Act. So I am flabbergasted at how the Mayor of London hasn't tackled this issue of blatant racism that a lot of black party goers experience in London nightclubs. This has been going on for decades and enough is enough. So yeah, so I just feel that the problem with this and I, and I get it. It's it, it's hard. If you're a promoter in London, you're trying to find a venue. You just want to host your party and have a good time. But I just feel the only true way that we can really stamp out this racism and discrimination is around ownership. We have got to start owning our own venues. And I know sometimes there's been instances where people say, okay, but then we own our own venues and then there's violence that may happen and then you get shut down, etc. But I just feel like we need to start thinking about generational wealth in the black community and ownership is the true freedom that we're going to have. I mean, there's so many um, black owned venues. They're not nightclubs, but like, for example, the Prince of Peckham is owned by a black man. You know, it's a really nice bar and restaurant. They've, I've not known of any issues, any challenges, so it can be done. So we need to just stop... Um, patronizing these racist venues we need to call them out and I, as I mentioned before the mayor of London Sadiq Khan you have to do something about this don't be you know black history month trying to attend and you know grin your teeth and do your tweets and posts about this nonsense but yet you're not here for us when we need you yeah so allow your black history month posts and nonsense and actually do something about the racism in London nightclubs and their night and, and the nightlife. Because this is a really big part of black culture that we are being demonized. You're demonizing black people. Yesterday was the hottest freaking day ever. And you kept black people outside waiting hundreds for two hours like dogs. And they are allowed. I feel that if you are a London venue, and you display any type of racism, discrimination, which is illegal, you should get shut down immediately. You do it for drugs, you do it for violence, but what you don't, you, you're trying to say that racism isn't violent. Racism is a violent act. Discrimination is a violent act. They should get shut down, their license should be taken away, and there should be an investigation. But of course, nobody cares about black people. And their issues and our issues, sadly. But we just have to make sure that we don't patronise these venues and just take the power that we have back in our finances and just don't don't go to Proud Late London if you are a black individual, basically, because they don't want you in the, in the venue. And if you're a black promoter, it's pretty clear. They don't want your parties in their venue. Moving on, as you all should know, if you've been listening in and tuning in to the Summer Nights edition, 
I am running a summer challenge for the Climb membership. So the Climb membership is a six month virtual program that I run. It's a coaching program that helps women level up in their careers through masterclasses, coaching and weekly and bi-weekly content to support career development of women around the world. We launch end of September and it's from September to March next year. And so the lead up to the Climb launch, which is on the 7th of September. So for the Climb launch, I'm hosting a webinar, which is called Five Power Moves to Supercharge Your Career. It's free. You can get tickets on girlstalklondon.com and vanessasanyalke.com. But in the lead up to that launch, when we officially open the doors, we have a weekly challenge. Anyone can take part to really help just elevate, motivate you in your lives and careers. It's that leveling up during the summer. So we do all the work now so that in the winter, we're just hitting the ground running, you know what I mean? So this week's challenge, I'm giving you the exclusive as my listeners, is we are challenging you to go for a daily walk. So walk every day, it could be for five minutes or 10 minutes, but I think say minimum of 10 minutes, and turn at least one meeting into a walking adventure, okay? So if you have a meeting, say it's a call, try and see if you can either go out and go take that meeting on a call, but whilst you're walking, or if it's a face-to-face meeting, go with that person, go for a walk and have your meeting as you're walking. The reason why it's so important is that recent research has shown that burnout levels are higher than ever. So 53% of women are saying that their stress levels are higher than ever than they were a year ago. So burnout is on the rise. So getting outside has extreme benefits for your mental health. So the NHS website says, you know, you don't have to walk, to walk for hours. A brisk 10 minute daily walk has lots of benefits. So it helps improve your mental health and it also improves your immune function, okay? So, and also it really just lets you clear your head. So whenever I go for walks, it lets me clear my head. I am just at one with nature and it makes me more observant of my surroundings and my area. And I just feel like I always have clarity. So that's what we want to challenge you. And when you go for your walks, make it fun. So take a bottle of water with you. Try and see if you can find like a scenic route. But also what I try to do and what I like to do is I like to listen to um, to to music um, or like a podcast or a book or um, like an audio book or a podcast. And it just makes the time go by. So I would definitely recommend um when you go for your walk do it that way um and just yeah just think about prioritizing your mental health so a daily walk so every day schedule that time so what I do if I'm trying to develop a habit I have to really like put it into my calendar otherwise it won't get done so um put the 10 minutes in your calendar or 30 minutes or however long um so that you know that you're going to be committed to it okay so let me know how you get on good luck <clears throat> right so now is the part of the podcast that i really love it is where i answer your career and business or even life honey 
your dilemmas. So I received this DM in the After Work Drinks Club Instagram page and it goes, Hello Vanessa, I hope you are well. My question for the podcast, how do you implement boundaries at work and how do you address it when boundaries are crossed. As a person of colour, you often get labelled when you show any reaction or emotion in the workplace. So how do you do it safely? Thank you for considering my question. Well, first of all, thank you for trusting me with this, as always, and sending in your question. And this is very a tricky one. I think also, you know what, boundaries in life are so important. So it's not just in the workplace. I think it's really important that as individuals, boundaries, having boundaries and implementing boundaries is the biggest form of self-care you can ever do. You know, forget lighting candles and meditation and baths and all this soft life, you know, stuff that we hear. Boundaries is the soft life. I'm, I kid you not. When I've, you know, setting boundaries, especially personally and professionally, has really helped me personally with with my mental health and my well being and just just general positivity. <laughs> um, it really really helps. So my advice is, you have to be clear about what the boundaries are first of all. So if it's in the workplace, which your question was around, so I'm going to focus more on workplace boundaries, you have to be very clear about what they are. So for example, it might be, you know, I don't work weekends, I don't respond to any work calls or any communication on the weekends. I prefer to be emailed if you want to have a meeting with me, if it's short notice, or maybe you don't want short notice meetings because you like to prepare it might be that you need to have a prompt finish because of childcare, for example or you know whatever boundaries you feel that you need to have in place to protect your well-being so that you can do your job to the best of your ability so when we think about workplace boundaries we have to we have to position it as I need these boundaries in place in order to perform to the best of my ability. So that's the angle that you need to communicate these. And the best way to communicate your boundaries, I would say, have them written down and also say them verbally from the very beginning. I think where sometimes miscommunication can come and where people think you're maybe showing, you know, you're being emotional is if it feels like it's come out of nowhere. But if you make it very clear, very factual from the beginning, from when you start your role, these are the boundaries I need in place in order to do my job effectively. So that then when they are crossed, you can then say, you know, at, you know, when I joined the team, I did explicitly say that for me, it's really important that I finish work at five o'clock because picking up my child is really important from the nursery. Spending quality time with my family is integral to my well-being. So that is why, you know, that's why I had that boundary. But unfortunately, there was a meeting that was put in the calendar at 5 p.m., five to six. And this was an issue for me because as I've stated before, I need to leave at five. So you can really make it clear when they're crossed. And when they're crossed, you can say, as I've said, you know, when I started, as I said in my email, dot, 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 
However, this has been crossed. Uh, if yes, and I think if your boundaries have been crossed, I would say the first thing so that you kind of take out the kind of um, emotion and stereotyping that people of colour face in the workplace, I would say definitely do it face to face and then follow up with an email because sometimes things can get misconstrued on, on email. I would say stay calm. Don't show too much emotion. Just try your best. Keep it to the facts. So don't say, you know, I feel you made me feel. Very factual. I had this boundary and it has been crossed because of X, Y, Z. Please, can you just make sure that it's not crossed again because of X, Y, Z. Keep it very facts. Find a safe space to communicate how your boundaries have been crossed. So if it's on a virtual meeting, I would ask to record the meeting so you have evidence, okay, so that you can kind of refer back to it. Have a witness, if possible, if it's face-to-face -face or virtual. For more serious things, I would say write things down um, on every occasion when it has been, you know, crossed. So you can kind of build up your facts and examples. Because when you give people examples, you take the emotion out of it. You say, well, actually, on these three times, you've done X, Y, and Z. You know, at, at this place, at this time, this is what was said. This is, this is what was done. And, you know, so that you can present a case. Because I think sometimes it's it's really hard to address it when it's kind of not structured and and and, and thought through. So I really hope this this helps you. Uh, let me know. If you do have a career or business dilemma, send your request to me. You can do that through the at After Work Drinks Club Instagram page or on my personal Instagram page at Vanessa Sanyake and I will happily answer them. We've come to the end, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks, as always, for joining me for After Work Drinks Club Summer Nights. If you've learned anything new, share this episode with someone that you think would benefit. And don't forget what I said earlier. Please leave your girl a five-star review on Apple and just let me know how it's helped yourself. Please do take care of yourself and I'll see you back next week. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and for joining me for After Work Drinks. If you learned anything from this episode, please do share with someone you think would benefit. Don't forget to leave me a comment with what you learned, along with a five-star review. It really helps other people like yourself find the show. Follow us on Instagram on at After Work Drinks Club. A special thank you goes to Pure Creation Media for producing this episode.